This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. Semper Fi, Patriots, welcome to the Patriot Cause. This is the Gunny. A lot of things going on in this world that kind of makes you think what in the God's name is happening to America. Well, it's real simple. When you got people that actually hate America, these are the things that happen. I got a big show for you tonight. We are going to talk about HR1. Now, the Democrats want to label this as the People's Act of 2021. I'm here to tell you, this is not the People's Act. It is the Death of Democracy Act. That's what this is. It will kill democracy as we know it and the voting process that was put in place by the Founding Fathers and the Constitution. So H.R. 1 is an assault on democracy. Going to explain to you why it is an assault on democracy. What exactly is Congress's role in the federal election process and in regulating it? A lot of people don't know what the federal government can and what their responsibility is. Going to explain to you about that. Also, what is U.S. code? It's federal law, and these federal laws have statutes, and those statutes can play a huge part in debunking this H.R. 1. Last but not least, the Bonehead Award. You're not going to want to miss this one. It's just going to throw you in left field. I guarantee you. These people have no clue whatsoever about what democracy, the Constitution, and voting in our country really means. So stand by, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Madam Speaker, democracies die when one party seizes control of the elections process, eliminates the safeguards that have protected the integrity of the ballot, places restrictions on free speech, and seizes the earnings of others to promote candidates they may abhor. That's the bill before us today. The most dangerous provision nationalizes the mass mailing of ballots to voter rolls that contain untold numbers of people who've moved or died. It allows ballot harvesters to knock on doors and collect these ballots. There's no chain of custody from the time the ballot's mailed until the time it's returned. Ballots can be cast weeks before the election under the duress of family, friends, or precinct workers. Even if it doesn't rob our elections of their actual legitimacy, it certainly robs them of their perceived legitimacy, destroying the trust that the loser of any election must have to accept the winner was rightful. 
That's the bitter legacy of the last election under these practices. Why would anyone want to institutionalize them? I yield back. So the House of Representatives passed a couple days ago by 10 votes, H.R. 1. According to them, the People's Act. It's not. It's the Death of Democracies Act. And it is a terrible, terrible thing if it gets through the Senate and becomes law in this country. It will destroy democracy and our voting principles that we have today. The National Review explains how it is an assault on the American democracy. This article that I'm going to read real quick is from the actual, the editors of the National Review. So there's no name on it because the whole organization agrees with it. And this was done on March the 8th of 2021. The House of Representatives passed H.R. 1 for the People Act. It passed by 10 votes with every Republican voting against it, as well as Mississippi Democrat Bernie Thompson who fears that the bill will abolish majority black districts like his in the Deep South. Thompson deserves credit for reading past the title of the bill, which is 700 and plus pages, which it cheerleads in the media seems not to have done. As to the title, it says for the people, but tellingly not by the people or of the people. Quite contrary. It's not by you. It's by the dictators in the House of, Representat House of Representatives. That's what this is. Dictators taking control of our country. It would be an underestimate to describe H.R. 1 as a radical assault on American democracy, federalism, and free speech. It is actually several radical left-wing wish lists stuffed into a single 791-page sausage casing. It would override hundreds of state laws governing the orderly conduct of elections, federalize control of voting and elections to a degree without precedence in American history. In two centuries of state power to draw congressional districts, turn the Federal Elections Commission into a partisan weapon and massively burden political speech against the government while offering government handouts to congressional campaigns and campus activities. Merely to describe the bill is to damn it and describing it as a Herculean task in itself. That's from the National Review. I did a lot of research and found many different opinions, and I think this is the best one that has been put together yet. In one paragraph, it explains the devastation to democracy that's going to happen if this happens to get through the Senate, which hopefully, as long as we have the filibuster, this thing is going to die on the Senate floor. And let's pray, pray, pray. To our Heavenly Father, this does not make it through the Senate. The Heritage Foundation is also a great organization that believes in America and our foundation of the country and our values. 
And this is what they have to say about it. H.R. 1 would federalize and micromanage the election process administered by the states, imposing unnecessary, unwise, and unconstitutional madness on the states and reversing the decentralization of America election process, which is essential to the protection of our liberty and freedom. The states is drastically important to our liberty and our freedoms. It prevents dictatorship from taking over the whole country. It would, among other things, implement nationwide the worst changes in election rules that occur during the 2020 election. So what they want to do is make what they did in the 2020 election legal. Go even further in eroding and eliminating basic security protocols that states have in place, like voter ID, knowing that you are the person who actually did the voting, and interfere with the ability of states and their citizens to determine the qualifications and eligibility of voters, ensure the accuracy of voter registration rolls, secure the fairness and integrity of election, and participate and speak freely in the political process. That's the big key right there. You will no longer be able to speak against the government and the voting process and or against the ruling class. That's huge. We're talking about taking a bill and eliminating our free speech when it comes to voting. That's how powerful these people think they are. Now, what is Congress's role? Does Congress actually have a role in determining elections, specifically federal elections in a state? Well, believe it or not, they do. And according to the Constitution of the United States, yes, the Constitution, in Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, this is what it says. The Times places and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislators thereof. Okay? Now, you need to put a period there because that's really where it needs to stop. However, they added another sentence to this clause that the people in that big house up there thinks that they're doing right by is this one sentence. H.R. 1 revolves around one sentence in the U.S. Constitution. But the Congress may at any time, by law, make or alter such regulations. So they feel, according to the Constitution, they can change the voting laws according to the Constitution. Just by that one sentence. So by all rights, they do, according to the Constitution, have authority and ability to make changing changes to the voting laws. Federal election voting laws, not the state, the federal. Think about that. Think about that one sentence. Everything here revolves around it. However... That's the Constitution. There's also this thing called the U.S. Code. 
And they are also laws of the United States of America. So what is the U.S. Code? Why does it exist? Where did it come from? Believe it or not, the U.S. Code is part of the Constitution. The federal law originates with the Constitution, which gives Congress the power to enact statutes for certain limited purposes like regulating interstate commerce. The United States Code is the official compilation and codification of the general and permanent federal statutes. Many statutes give executive branch agencies the power to create regulations, which are published in the Federal Register and codify into Code of Federal Regulations. Regulations generally also carry the force of law under the Chevron Doctrine. Many lawsuits turn on the meaning of the federal state of regulations and judicial interpretation of such meaning carry legal force under the principle of stars decisis. What in the world does that mean, Gunny? I don't even know if I could even say decisis. What it means is there are laws that get passed and then there's laws that get created that are part of this code. One in particular that we're going to talk about. The federal law originates with the Constitution, as we said. However, again, these statutes, and this thing is updated about every six months. So let's talk about 18 U.S. Code 611, voting by aliens. It shall be unlawful for any alien to vote in any election held solely or in part for the purpose of electing a candidate for the office of president, vice president, presidential elector, member of the Senate, member of the House of Representatives, delegate from the District of Columbia, or a resident commissioner, unless there are specific rules, but it's Believe me, it's not, not much to even talk about. But that's the code. Unlawful for aliens, people that are not American citizens, to vote. So if this thing, whatever reason, H.R. 1 makes it through the Senate, guarantee you this is going to be shoved right down their throat and pray that the U.S. Supreme Court upholds this U.S. law. Check it out, 18 U.S. Code 611. Very serious business that we're talking about here. When you have a specific party, it doesn't matter which one it is, but in this case, you have a party that wants to change the U.S. laws to fit their narrative and their party, not to fit American values and the American voting process. They want to change this into a tyranny where they can determine who a person is without any kind of ID and allow that person to vote. So that's how serious this is. This is serious business. And if they can manage to get this through, you can just imagine what's coming behind it. Gun control at its best. They're going to take your freedoms away faster than you can say the word freedom. And it's not going to be fun 
to live in this tyranny that they're trying to create. Okay, last but not least, the Bonehead Award. This is a good one. One of the best that I have found. It just proves how the younger generations have no clue in understanding how America works. How our system was designed for your freedom, for their freedom. They don't have a clue how this works. If they did, they wouldn't say what they're fixing to say. I can't explain it any other way than the fact that these people are clueless. They're absolute idiots in understanding the laws and the regulations and why they're in place. So they think that this country is a bad country and doing bad things to people. I totally disagree with that. We have laws and things in place to protect citizens and to ensure our freedoms and to keep people from coming into this country and just becoming a citizen overnight. No idea their backgrounds, any of that. So citizenship is very important, and the process to become a citizen is very important. So you need to go through that process, be vetted into this country so that you, A, agree to become a U.S. citizen, B, agree to the laws of this country, and C, represent the U.S. flag and stand up for America. So take a good listen to these two young women talk about voting. What is the most important right granted to U.S. citizens? If you've taken the citizenship test, you know that it's the right to vote. Now you might think that if it's the most important American right, more Americans would get out and vote. But maybe that's exactly why so many cannot. For most of America's history from its founding in 1776 through the 1920s, non-citizens voted as well as held public office. The early history of the United States, it wasn't so important to be a citizen to be able to vote. It was if you were white, male, and owned property. That, of course, disenfranchised a huge percentage of the population. As tensions began to rise leading up to the Civil War, many Confederate states banned non-citizens from voting to prevent the abolition of slavery. Though the North won the war, bigoted attitudes made their way into laws post-Reconstruction. Various laws through the 19th and 20th centuries existed to bar people from citizenship and thereby voting. The founders of this country wanted the fewest amount of people and only a specific type of person to be able and eligible to vote and adapted laws to fit whatever narrative would maintain their power. Politicians played on Americans' fears to pass laws abolishing non-citizens and immigrants' vote. This was at the same time as other voting restrictions like literacy tests, poll taxes, and ID laws were being put in place. You know, because voting is the most important right. These laws really seek to protect the dominant structures in the U.S. 
and bar people of color and people who are considered other in many ways from having access to power structures and being able to vote. Today, less than half of the U.S. immigrant population and only 38% of Latinx immigrants are eligible to vote. And 82% of immigrants in the U.S. have been here for 10 years or more. This means that there are 20 million people building their lives, sending their kids to schools, working as part of the economy, and yes, actually paying their taxes to the tune of over 9 billion in withheld payroll taxes annually. And that's just undocumented folks. We have 11 million undocumented people living in this country, but have been living here for years, for decades, and are yet not eligible to vote. And the process for those individuals when they are on the pathway to citizenship is becoming more and more difficult. America's immigration system is overworked, underfunded, and the process is expensive and slow. In recent years, we've seen increasing attacks on our immigration system. In 2020 alone, the family visa program was cut by two thirds, the travel ban expanded to other countries, and customs and immigration services have decreased. So there's a huge backlog of people who have immigrated and are waiting to become citizens, but can't right now. The reason the laws were changed to only US citizens could vote is because the borders were wide open and people were coming from everywhere and they were turning the country into whatever they wanted it to be. So instead of having a United States of America, you had this just mixture of all of these people. They had to put some kind of controls in place of the country to get loyal citizens, people who wanted to be Americans and live like Americans in this country. And by doing that, it was one step towards a group of people that can live in a society together instead of having all these little bitty countries within one big country. Had nothing to do with the fact that they were just trying to keep people from voting. What they wanted was people that wanted to be Americans, that wanted to live this lifestyle. That's what they wanted, and that's what they did, and that's why we have it to protect the citizens of the United States of America. If you want to vote, get your citizenship. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, that's right. I forgot. She said that they got this huge, gigantic backlog, and, and it takes, you know, 30 years or something like that to become an American citizen. Well, let me tell you the actual facts. Okay, this is from immigrationhelp.org. Go check it out. The actual facts, it takes an average of only 15 months in this country to get through the nationalization process. Today, right now, as we're speaking, 15 months. That's it. They don't want to be citizens of this country. That's why they are not citizens of this country. If you wanted to be a citizen, you can. And all of these people coming in have allegiances to the country they came from. They just want all the benefits without giving the loyalty to the people 
and the country that is providing those benefits. Enough said on that. Speak all day long about immigration and how bad it is. Well, it ain't. It's only bad when you open the floodgates and just let them run in, which is what we're dealing with today. And if H.R. 1 gets signed, now we got nine, I don't know, 90 billion, million, whatever number they come up with, instantly going to be citizens, and they still are not going to have the loyalty to this country. That's how simple it is. You got to show up, you got to stand up, and you got to speak up to ensure the integrity of our voting process and to ensure that we have an immigration process that continues to vet people that want to be citizens and send the other ones back to where they came from that does not want to be citizens of America. This is The Gunny, out.